Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Got a great show for you this week. Glad to be back with you. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi there. So uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert for today's show. You guys watch The Clone Wars and you're going to be reviewing it. Yeah, that's a spoiler that we watched the Clone Wars. <laughs> no, no, that's not so much the spoiler. That would be a given. But the spoiler right now is, did you like it or hate it? Oh, we loved it. Loved it. Cool, cool. All right, we're going to have that interview coming up. You're also today, Steve Mailer, who's going to be on with his guests who are actors, educators. They're busy on putting some projects together and have a great deal of background on that while we're hunkered down right now. I know that pop culture will come back eventually, and we're going to see a lot of great new things when it does. They're working on some stuff right now, safely social distancing and all the rest of it, but still getting the job done. We need your questions and comments. Send them in. One user-friendly on Facebook. One user-friendly on Twitter. We're doing a Q&A today. And where do we get those questions? We get them from you, and we have them for you right here. Our news today is sponsored by my friends over at wearetechnology.com. Need a website? Need a phone app? Need computer software? Now's a good time to do it. They're up and running and ready for your business. wearetechnology.com. What do we have in the news today? 70, wow, 70,000 for Zoom K classes? You had to read through that a, a couple of times. Oh, I know yeah. when I saw this topic too. It, um, so what this is actually talking about here is an issue dealing with technology. With mm -hmm. uh, everybody being hunkered down, or most of our schools closing, they've continued a lot of the education through Zoom classes or other platforms, but primarily Zoom, so that they can do video conferencing and be able to still have an instructor-led class, but remotely. Now, the question that's popping up about this is on a, a post-secondary education level, they are charging the same tuition that they would for an in-person class. So, so that 70K is money? That 70K is money, tuition oh. money. Wow. And uh, the 70K comes from a specific university. But the thing of it is, is I did a little checking around on this topic to kind of just see how it was being handled. And I wasn't able to find any college or university that was refunding tuition because they've moved to Zoom. So the question becomes, is instructor-led training worth more than online training? Um, what I do would, you think? Uh, okay. I've actually done an online classes, and it was art. And it is extremely difficult to do online classes. It is really stressful. Um, there's all these procedures that you have to do to prove that you did the work. Um, there's no way to ask the instructor questions in a uh, a personal way it's all emailed and it's it's very frustrating and difficult and you have to work probably twice as hard for an online course than a, a course where you're in person yeah and that's kind of what i found to be the case too i do a lot of online training to keep my programming skills up and that type of thing and it works but i would definitely prefer an instructor-led class now one thing that zoom does allow is a certain amount of direct interaction between the instructor and the students. Okay. So you do, you do have a little bit more along those lines. But the other thing of it is, too, and I think what's playing into this, is the idea that if you have a standard class where everybody goes to a room and shows up, you might have 40 students. There are bigger, but that's the average. And on that same class, you could have 120, 150 students on Zoom. So it saves a lot of money for the school, but they're still charging the same tuition. So I think that's why this is becoming an issue. I'm glad that there's at least an option to have remote training right now, but the question becomes about value. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to get an expert on about this 
and talk a little bit about the differences between the two. Well, there's a lot of interaction between, uh, uh, like, e either between the students, each other, and the professor that you miss out on. Right. And hands-on stuff. I mean, you know, like you're talking about art. Some classes would lend themselves better to this than others, I would think. But still. So what's next? Microsoft to block reply all feature. Have you ever done this? <laughs> and uh, not I have to? used a reply all, but it's not one of those things where I was in an office and I accidentally hit reply all and everybody got my one word, word response to some email. But yes, no, I, I think that's a good idea. Kind of. I don't. <laughs> you know, because well, if you want to, if you have a bunch of people that you're like sharing uh, an email conversation with, you want them to go back to them all instead of emailing them all. You'd have to individually email every single one of them. Yeah, and that is definitely what the topic uh, looks like. I agree with both of you on this. Now, I've working in the industry, I've had some horror stories with reply all and things happening accidentally. The other thing that it also can be used for is spamming, so that if you have a like a list that's misconfigured and someone gets all the email addresses, they can send out spam. So what Microsoft is actually trying to do here is not literally block the reply all, but set up an AI to be able to detect when the reply all is being misused. So whether it's accidental or something else, it kind of learns the process. So it actually ends up being a situation where it's not really completely cutting it off. It's something that's being rolled out to add like a smart reply all button, I guess would be the best way to put it. That's and that's cool. where, so that's where this okay. comes from. Cord cutting continues. Hey. Yes, and the process is accelerated. Gretchen, I understand you had some recent experience with this. Yeah, um, <laughs> we had uh, um, the dish system, right. and it was working okay. And um, I have to say that the dish people on the Twitter uh, um, end of it, they were really helpful. Right. Every time we had a problem, we couldn't get through to the normal people on the telephone. You contacted the Twitter people, and they did a nice job problem is, is when your local people or the people on the phone don't respond and hang up on an 86-year-old, you start to get kind of angry. Yeah, and that's the whole <laughs> thing. And, and that's their uh, part of their target because a lot of people that are still using this type of cable TV are seniors. It works yeah. the way they're used to and that type of thing. And it seems like, uh, you know, that would be, well, you want to give good customer support to everybody. And now it might be a little bit harder, but still, this type of a situation is accelerating. Many, many people are moving over to web-based uh, broadcast television, what would have been like cable television. We're going to talk about this a little later in the show, but it looks like this is really becoming old tech, and the world is moving on. The churn in this industry has, has been growing year after year, and more and more people are leaving classic pay television for some of the new things where you have control over streaming services and your broadcast television. SpaceX launches virtual space shuttle. So, Jeremy, I know you were looking into this a little bit. What did you find? Uh, okay, if you go to the SpaceX website, there's a way to log in so that you can virtually pilot their ship as you're trying to dock with the space station. You're using the same controls in the same configuration as if you were actually in their in their uh, rocket. It's kind of cool, but actually well, you have to be very patient. Oh, super patient. <laughs> well, I think the astronaut might too, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing. If you're if you're playing a game, you don't want to sit there for forty five minutes trying to dock with the space shuttle uh, with the International Space Station. It, it could have gone a little bit faster. But I mean, you know, what they shouldn't, they shouldn't call it a video game. They should call it a test of your patience. Right. <laughs> and and what's, it's really pretty. Oh, it was. Uh, it, the, the, the interface and everything is really lovely. 
and it's worth messing around with. Yeah, I had I had fun trying to dock with it, but after 22 minutes, I got really really bored. <laughs> you know, I think this is the same thing as uh, as flying an airplane. There's a video on YouTube of an Air France plane taking off, and it's a complete video from when they were at the gate to when they actually took off, and it's about a 35 minute watch. And you're looking at it going, man, you know, there's a lot of hurry up and wait with this. However, I certainly hope that the uh, people that are actually doing this, uh, you know, take the time and and dock correctly. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool that we're able to do this again. And I think it is kind of fun that they would have an interface like this out there so you can actually experience it and see what's really involved. And even if it does take 45 minutes, well, that's true to life. That's what it takes. Sony's new AR app shows if that giant TV will fit in your room. So what is it? What, was it 1984 where everybody had the big TVs? It was one of those books. Yeah, that's the book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the wall screen, oh, wall yes. size screens. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. No, our, no, our, no, 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 no. It was uh, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451. That's right. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. yeah and, you know, you, you're kind of looking at this now with the giant TVs. And that's something I don't think it's a bad thing. I like my giant TV, but it certainly has come full circle. And uh, back when we still had conventions going this year, our reporter Chaz Wellington was at the Consumer Electronics Show, where he saw, I think it was a 200-inch TV. Yeah, and that's this a little bit the, too big for me. Yeah, but, that's one, know, of the, one yeah. of the issues. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, 200, how, how do you get in the house? Well, Sony's trying to help us with that. They have an augmented reality app now that you can install on your phone, and it will show you how big of a TV you can fit in your house. Not only the wall, what it'll look like, but getting it in and that type of thing. So if you're going to go and buy that 200-inch TV, maybe grab this app first. Take a look, make, make sure that, you know, we'll go in there that you don't need to rebuild your house for the TV, or if you're going to, that you plan for it. Uber offloading its bike and scooters to Lime. Yeah, so there's been a lot of changes with ride sharing in general with the uh, COVID pandemic. Yep. And it looks like they're making some changes here. They have uh, scooters and a number of other alternative vehicles like that. And they're selling them off to Lime and kind of refocusing on their core products. So, from my understanding, the bikes aren't going away, but they will be rebranded as Lime and possibly some other things in some other markets. So, you know, this will be interesting to see how that end of things plays out as we uh, come out of the lockdown and start to be able to use these things again. You know, how do you deal with something like that? And they have to be creative and they're using technology to do it. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Like I said, we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk a little bit about the Clone Wars, the new season of it. We touched upon this a little bit, oh, I don't know, two weeks ago, just that they had released it and what it was. So anybody that hasn't seen it, I just give a warning that we could have a few spoilers. We won't get into too much depth on that, but just it might be here. Um, so let's start again with what is this? Clone Wars is a cartoon from Star Wars that was out a number of years ago, but I know they brought back a final season. So what is going on? Well, it was something that was started by George Lucas and people like Dave Filoni. And then when the big sale happened, um, the last portion of this project didn't get done. Right. They, okay. they wanted to cut their, cut their costs. And so they, they closed down what was left of the season. There were several episode arcs that they wanted to do and had, partially ready 
but they weren't able to finish them. So then when we were at San Diego Comic-Con, there was a big announcement that they were going to get to complete the Clone Wars. And um, it was worth the wait. It was. There are two arcs, at least uh, from what, is there three? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, It seemed like two. It seemed like two. You're you're right. The first one is the Bad Batch arc. And we got to see, what are they called? Animatics? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, those uh, those were just like little bits and pieces of what they'd started. Well, now they're finished. And so the Bad Batch is um, basically uh, we finally get to see some locations that we've seen in Rebels. Yeah, we really? find out where they got that cool base from. You know, the base where the scary Furnox were? Yeah, that was infested. I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. We get to actually see what that planet looked like when it was whole. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, so that was kind of exciting. We also get to see Admiral Trench again. Yay. And we get to find out um, what, how he gets his end. <laughs> yeah, so you get a uh, conclusion for Admiral Trench. Admiral who, Trench who, is that kind of spider-looking guy. at the, Okay. He was in the first film okay, that they did right. for this series. So you get to find out what happens to him. And um, you also find out, because of the animatics, we already knew that Echo was in trouble yes, and he's right. one of the clones and we get to see him be rescued so that's really cool we also kind of get some hints as to whether rex knows about padme or not mm-hmm. and we we also get to find out that kenobi also knows about padme yeah he knows there's something going on interesting okay and, All right, so uh, i was just gonna say we won't go in any more depth on the storyline than that um, but uh, it definitely sounds like it's worth watching. Now, did they keep with the original animation style and all of that? Uh, yes. Yes, and I think it's even better. It, it, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. It yes. is so beautiful. Now, there's another story arc, and I thought it was one, but Jeremy says it's two, and I think he's right. Um, they're about Ahsoka. Okay. And we all love Ahsoka, our spunky little Padawan that was to, um, to Anakin. And so we first get to see what happens to her after she leaves the Jedi Order. And we see how she has the ability to adapt while maintaining her integrity. We see that she is quick. uh, She's a quick thinker. And she uses her combat experience and her Jedi training to solve some of the difficult situations that she manages to get into. Yep. I can only imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She she ends up helping out some people who really needed help. And boy, they kind of took her down a bad path there for a bit. (laughs) But because of this, we get to see Ursa Wren from Rebels, Sabine's mother. Right. She's in these episodes. Yeah. And we get to see how the Mandalorians get pulled into this. And we also get to see... Darth Maul. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's the third the that's third, the third arc. arc. And it, well, it's got Ahsoka in it yes. prominently. True. And Darth Maul has been developed into such a fabulous, complex character. Um, between the uh the original film that he was in, Clone Wars and Rebels, Darth Maul is 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 I I just can't say enough about him. (laughs) It's it's very good. And when you get to the end of the the arcs and you watch the lightsaber combat and you look at it and think, well, how the heck did they do that? They actually got Ray Park and a a stunt woman 
to actually do the lightsaber combat with motion capture suits. Oh, really? So that lightsaber combat is superb. You know, I... Wow. (laughs) I think it's interesting because one of the things that a lot of fans have been asking for is to answer some of the questions. And there seems to be a school of thought that maybe the last movies, the last three movies, didn't do that too well. So it sounds like you actually get a lot more information out of Clone Wars. Oh, they did a wonderful job. It's like three movies. And they took it very seriously. I mean, beautiful acting, beautiful artwork, lovely stories that are are carefully written and well thought out. Um, They don't contradict each other? No, they don't contradict each other. You get to find out um, how we, why, why is Captain Rex still alive? And why is he still talking to Jedi? We get to find out why. Um, so, I mean, and, and the fact that, oh, there's just some things between that happened between Ahsoka and Maul that you're just going, why didn't the other Jedi think the same way? You know, (laughs) you're just like, ah, you know, and you can just feel the pain that Maul is going through. He, he has this amazing revelation about who he is and how, uh, Darcidius has used him. Right, right. I mean, it, uh, it's amazing. And Sam Witwer does a beautiful job of acting. And it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you no, have I, I to gonna, see this. I it's can't wait Disney to see it. Plus. So, yeah, okay, so you're Disney- going to find it on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So Disney Plus. So you have to subscribe to get it, I would assume. Yes. And uh, it's going to be under the Disney section where they have all that kind of stuff set up. Yep. And um, so is the whole uh, whole season, so the whole end of the series is available now to watch. Actually, yes. all, all seven seasons are available on Disney+. Plus. You can watch all of them now. Okay, watch it all the way through. Now, is this the one where you can't really watch it in order? Yes, that's the <laughs> one that's, that's out of order. And if you find, if you go to StarWars.com, you can get the correct viewing order. But season six and seven are in correct order. Okay, that's good to know. And we'll put the viewing order out on our social media. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. This is the section of the show where we answer your questions. And the only way we can do that is if you send them to us. How do you do that? Well, through social media, for one thing, one user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter, or go to our website, userfriendlynation.com. What's our first question? How do I block ads in my browser? Okay, so this would be your web browser, and there's actually a couple of different answers to this. I'm going to go ahead and cover it for Chrome, but the other browsers have an equivalent version of this. Also, the desktop and the mobile versions work differently. So this would apply to your desktop version. Mobile requires an app. And what Chrome does is they have add-ons, or extensions is what they actually call them, where you can go in and add software. Add blocker is a good one. You do want to make sure that anytime you install an extension, it's a legitimate one, because it is a way to be able to get some spamware or malware and that type of thing that will do something that you don't want it to. So look at the reviews and all that type of thing when you install an extension. The other thing is don't just let it install one. But Adblocker is one that I use that works pretty well. Now, the side effect of this is, is there are some websites that will detect the ad blocker and say, well, we're not going to work unless you can see our ads. If that happens and it's a site that you want to allow in, there's a function on that called whitelisting where you can put in a specific domain name 
and have that domain name be able to deliver its advertisements, but everything else still be blocked. So kind of like a pop-up blocker in that respect, but it blocks the ads. I find that it works pretty well. I uh, finally installed one just because it was getting so over the top that I'd be looking at things and a video would start playing or there'd be audio or something that you didn't want. Not that I really mind advertising. That was getting to be a little bit, uh, a little bit too much. So this was the way that I was able to go in and really kind of pare that down. What is Google Meet? A lot of the different companies are trying to come up with competitors for Zoom since Zoom has been so popular in this you know, social distancing era where we have to do a lot of stuff online. Google Meet is a new product from Google. Uh, it's kind of like Hangouts, but it's a meeting room. It will handle up to 50 people in a conference at one time. You can record and all that type of thing. It is free to use. Uh, Facebook has a similar product like that on their messenger. It's called Rooms. And you're going to see a lot of different things like this coming out from a lot of different companies as they figured out that there's definitely a market share for this. Seems to work pretty well. I've tried it out a few times. We've used it to record some things for broadcast media, and it's been great for that. So just another option out there, something that you'll see. But Google Meet is a part of Google Apps. Is it possible to make a cosplay gear virus-proof? You know, uh, I think the answer to that's pretty much no. Because to make anything virus-proof would be very difficult beyond our level of expertise. But there are some things that we're talking about doing. Eventually, we'll get to go to Comic-Con and those type of vids again. But we may need to take some protocols for social distancing and may need to wear masks to be safe. So, Jeremy, you've been working on this. And Gretchen, you have too. What have you come up with? Well, for our wizard costumes, I'm making uh, beards that are actually going to be attached to the uh, face masks so that you don't actually see the mask as much, so it's not as, as jarring. And um, I've, I've noticed just throughout the years, whenever I wear gloves in a costume, I'm less likely to get sick. So, okay, so if well, your costume can have gloves, add them, and maybe even get the kind that you can wash, you know? Yeah, and that's a big thing, having things be cleanable, uh, because a lot of the protocols for keeping safety on these type of things do require cleaning your mask. So you definitely want to take that into consideration in a cosplay. But I think this can be done to being a little bit creative, but we're already creative for making costumes. And adding the beards is one thing. Anything that would already have a mask, like my Wookiee suit, we can put a mask under that. And, uh, you know, be able to actually incorporate it, still be able to do what we love to do, but do it in what we need to do right now where it's safe. What is this word does not exist.com? Yeah, this was kind of a funny question. This came in from a listener and uh I actually had a chance to email them about this to where they got it from. And this is actually a website that comes up with gibberish words and gibberish definitions. So if you're in need of that, a gibberish word, a gibberish definition, you can go to thisworddoesnotexist.com and it will give that to you. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought perhaps it was a place where somebody was complaining. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, no complaints, just, just gibberish. <laughs> okay. Is the new Atari still coming out? Yeah, they've had a lot of delays. A lot of their components are made in China. And again, with uh -huh. the uh, pandemic, they've been delayed. The factories have had to shut down and that type of thing. But there have been some updates on their blog. It looks like it's still coming out. So what this is, is it's a called an Atari VCS. And for those that had it during the era, that's video computer system. That's also what the Atari 2600 was called back in the early 80s. They're doing a new machine that kind of gives a little bit of a, a you know homage to that. But it's a Linux-based set-top box, basically that has the ability to run all the old games. One thing I found that was unique on it, for good or for bad, 
is you actually are going to be really be able to gamble on it, actual poker oh. and things like that, where you can actually spend real money. So we'll see what, you know, what could possibly go wrong with that. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Keep sending us your questions and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining me now is Steve Mailer with his guests, Michael and Cameron Crane. Well, Bill, thanks again. I'm uh, on location with some two very special friends. They are actors and they're also educators. I've been working with them over the last four years on at least one comedy pilot, and they're both very busy, busy people. Michelle and Cameron Crane, guys, thank you so much for joining us on User-Friendly. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Great to be Uh, here, Steve. It's a pleasure having you. So we did Idaho Boys about four years ago, 30-minute comedy pilot, which was a lot of fun because we had both of you in, in wonderful parts uh, in, that, in that episode. And I understand that uh, you're still doing webisodes, uh, Cameron, with your brother James. And I caught a couple of them yesterday, and they were hilarious. You actually had long – it looks like you've been in quarantine for about a year and a half because your hair was so long. <laughs> Oh, if our hair could grow that quickly. Yeah, you know, Troy, I tell Troy's really gotten into character here, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going through a transformation. He wants to bring the 80s back. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, I, I had, I, I kid you not, I had hair similar to that. I, I had Tiger King oh mullet hair in the 80s as a kid. Oh, my God. That, it, was, it was absolutely funny. I mean, you had me laugh. You had me breaking out laughing a couple of times in those segments with your brother. So. Okay, so with the webisodes, you're, but you're also doing acting in another program called Casino Boss. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So that's my friend, Dean DeLulu. He is the owner of the Carson Nugget, and he wrote it. Uh, it started about two years ago. And we are okay. on the third. We shot the third episode um, in the middle of last year, and it's been edited. You can find that on YouTube. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah, it's on YouTube, and my character is Doc. He is the very, very uptight business officer of the dysfunctional casino. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I did see episode one of Casino Boss, and I was pleasantly surprised given the low budget that it is and, and just not having a lot of resources. It came together really well, and I thought it was very funny, and I did catch you in that. Uh, I think it was near the end that, you, that we see your character for the first time. But it was just, I thought it was really well done. And uh, I thought it was very funny. So you guys are also educators. I know you've been in education 14, 15 years, something like that. I've been in education since 1996. Wow. Okay. So quite a while. Yeah. Did I just give my age? Uh. She says that with such gravity, too. Since 1996. Oh, my bad. Since 1996. <laughs> Well, that's the actress coming through. Yeah. So speaking of acting, you guys also are very grounded in theater. Yes. Absolutely. Theater is uh, the roots for me, and that's where Michelle and I met together. So theater always has a special place in my, in my heart. Okay. So because you've, you've both created a really interesting mix of a new venture that takes acting, it takes education, and it takes coaching. And you've created a, a very interesting new company called Crane and & Crane. And by the way, I love your logo. It's very simple and yet very elegant. I actually, I really like it a lot. 
Tell us about Crane and Crane. Awesome. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Michelle. So it's Crane Consulting, actually. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Did I, I, I said that wrong? Because it doesn't it say CNC? It does. And I kind of like Crane and Crane. I mean, that's... Crane I, Consulting, not Crane and Crane. Well, you know what? Hey, I think that shows the mark of a really good interviewer, someone who does a lot of good, heavy research on their clients before he brings them onto his show. So I do. Oh, so I'm glad we're setting the record straight. It's kind of. Cool. I love the ring to crane and crane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. We might just change the key it. Is that it's they it's just like to call the crane. Yeah, I tell you, it's like something yeah. on Frasier. You like know, crane <laughs> squared. Crane, yeah. <laughs> crane CC, squared. Crane, crane, crane consulting. That's it. Yeah, there's so many good things here. Uh, so the other C is actually for consulting, not not for the second crane. Yeah. So, but but it is us together, right? And, okay, and yeah. uh, you know, so there's one one C is the darker blue, and and there's the lighter blue, and that's her, and I'm the darker uh-huh. blue. But we we are are bringing our resources uh, together. We're bringing our talents together. We've done so many projects for so many different businesses and entities before, and we really got to the point, Steve, where we're like, hey. Why are we not working together? We we love each go. other. We love working together, and so right. We're, that's what we're, we've done here with Crane Consulting is put uh, a variety of businesses into one. So, what kind of clients should be looking for you? Ah, go ahead, Michelle. So, you know, having the theater background and that foundation leads it wide open for you know working with people on public speaking and public relations and networking. And it really started with, a was it about a year ago, maybe with, I decided to go into private coaching where I am privately coaching actors. Okay. And I started Stage Ready Studio. I turned a big room in our house into a really awesome looking acting studio. And I just started with a few clients and I'm slowly building clientele and just giving them one-on-one coaching because the, the actors that I like to work with are the ones that really want to do this for a career. And I've been okay. directing a really long time. And it's something that I guess I'm just good at from what I keep hearing. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you... Well, people wouldn't bother with you if you weren't. You know? You're great <laughs> at it, honey. It's I've, a super strength for you. It really is. I've been directing a really long time. I miss the stage, though. But, you know, what I found out after being going to a lot of New York training for myself, I've gone to a lot of workshops and showcases and, and Broadway intensives for myself, and just that actors who really want to make it in this field private coaching is really looked for on their resume. And so I thought, why not do this for people and share with them what I know and work with them to be stronger, which led to Cameron consulting as well. I mean, he just consults anyways, you know, speaking of where he used to work whenever there was a crisis, people would often come to him to consult them and help them. And it just, you know, he's just a natural, we're both natural at giving people help and nurturing the situation and giving them good advice and ideas. And we thought, why not do this as a partnership? Yeah. So if people wanted to find or contact you, how would they do that? Uh, There's Stage Ready, which you can find on all the platforms. So Stage Ready Ready Studio is for acting, coaching, and for public speaking. Coaching, we do both of those things through Stage Ready. And then what I'm also offering is Crane Coaching. And Crane Coaching can be also found at Crane Coaching on all the social media platforms. And what I'm doing with that, Steve, is helping parents problem solve, especially parents of tweens and teens 
right uh-huh. now with with being home and the quarantine. Yes. Right? Big There's time. a Big lot of pain time. points there. A lot of opportunities too, but a lot of pain points. Yeah. So I really try to help parents in this moment, but also beyond. Yeah. Well, life coaching is life coaching. I mean, it, that never stops. Learning never stops. And you're certainly good at what you do. So uh, quickly, what's what's a good website to reach you? So right now, we would direct everybody to our social media platforms. We will have a website coming soon. But right now, all they got to type in basically is Crane Coaching if they want advice for, uh, for parents and then stage ready for acting and for public speaking. And they can find us there and, uh, and we will follow up for sure. Awesome. Well, the, you two, it was, it was certainly fun catching up. And I'm, I know in the future, we'll probably following up just to see how everything is going. And uh, keep doing the great work that you do and just keep having fun because that's uh, it, it really comes through in terms of seeing what you guys do. It looks like you guys are having fun with what you do. So Michelle and Cam Crane, thank you so much for joining us here on User Friendly. Bill, Jeremy and Gretchen, back to you in the studio. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Great show this week. I always love the perspective that Steve can get for us when he actually talks to the artists that are behind putting together content. He'll find out information that you would never know about these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I also, as soon as we get done recording today, I'm going to drop off and go watch the final season of Clone Wars. It sounds like an incredible thing to do. It yep. is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've already watched it twice. <laughs> yes, you have. I have not, but I will find the time and uh, and uh, make that happen. But you know, one of the questions that we have coming in um, from a lot of different people actually is, when do we get to go back to events? When do we get to go back to comic cons? And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today in the conclusion of our show because you know, pretty much everything with the pandemic has been canceled, certainly for June and July. We do have some things on the schedule for August, and we'll have to evaluate it at the time if it's safe to go and they actually produce. We will, you know, definitely go to them. And one of the ones that's coming up towards the end of August is the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Now, this was rescheduled from March, and they had to cancel at that time. And right now, it looks like it's a go. You know, again, it's going to be what the climate is at the time, what the professionals and the experts recommend and all that. I'm sure that'll play into it. But I know I miss these events. Oh, yeah. I I love going out in costume and doing stuff. And I like looking at all the things. But we're going to have masks. We're going to have gloves. We just, you know, maybe there'll be less people at at each event or per day. I don't know. Yeah. But they're going to have to do something. Yeah, they're going to have to set it up. Short of having, you know, an actual vaccine or something, I'm sure there's going to be some distancing. It won't be as crowded. Um, which is good and bad. I mean, I don't know. Huge crowds sometimes are a bit claustrophobic, but it also is part of the energy of a lot of these events. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off and, uh, you know, how they deal with it. Just the logistics alone of trying to figure out how do you make something like that safer for everybody, Mm -hmm. not just the, 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 the visitors, but also those that are putting on the show. I mean, and and then those that are doing the maintenance, you know, so there's you know, a lot of, lot of things to be considered. <laughs> you figure in the production of any convention where you're on site, you know, you're not just dealing with the attendees, but you're dealing with things like security, production, engineering, your talent, 
your you know hotel accommodation staff, your maintenance staff, all that kind of thing. There are hundreds, if not more, depending on the size of it, that go into putting something like this together that work behind the scenes and have to be able to do that work safely. It's so like it shooting a, a TV show or a movie. Exactly, exactly. There's, there's cruises. And it's the reason like we've been asked why uh, Google Next was canceled when they were going to do an online version of it because there's no guests. Well, it's still, you have to get everybody together. You have to film. You have to edit and engineering and all that kind of stuff. And especially during March when we were on the upswing of this whole thing, it was not... They just didn't want to take the risk. And I think it was the right decision at the time to make. You know, so we're going to have to see what we have going forward. The other one that we're set up for is possibly doing the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas if that happens. So we'll keep you apprised. We'll let you know what we're doing. And until then, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the host and not necessarily user-friendly media group, Inc., or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at theanswerportland.com or userfriendlyshow.com.